All right, another discussion about security and safety when you're using your devices. Not you particularly, but perhaps your kids. Uh, If you have a kid, you know, a tween or a teenager, and they have a cell phone, you know how scary a proposition that can be. Because once you give them that phone, the entire world is available to them. The good and the bad. And uh, Apple has recognized this, and they've started talking about bringing in a child protection software program. And it's got a few different layers to it. Um, Basically, they're saying they're trying to crack down on child pornography. So if anybody searches that, um, they'll be blocked, and they'll be redirected to resources for reporting it or, or getting help if they have an attraction to it or something like that. The other ones, though, are a little sketchier. They're talking about putting some controls over messaging, you know, your iMessage feature, um, that will obscure sexually explicit pictures for people under 18, and let parents know if a child under 12 is viewing or sending these pictures, and the other one goes through iCloud photo images to find child sexual abuse material, but I think it's the messaging one. It gives parents control to try and make sure that kids don't get themselves into trouble sharing inappropriate messages, which is something I think we can all agree with. Um, But it's fraught with all kinds of dangers, and they've paused it in terms of security and privacy concerns. But there's another component to this as well. And if you have kids, you know this. If you tell your kid not to do something, they really, really want to do it. That's the way that it works. So there could be a potential backfire situation going on here. To get some insight into that, we're going to chat with a professor of psychology and brain sciences from Indiana University, Bennett Burdenthal. Bennett joins us now. Hi, Bennett. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Glad to be here. So when we take a look at this, I mean, I I guess that's the concern that we're talking about here, the potential backfiring of this, um, and, you know, knowing that there could be a... I think we all agree that the warnings and, you know, informing the parents and things like that is a good thing. Can we agree on that? Absolutely, yes. What's the potential risk, though, when you bring in some sort of a system like this? The risk is that it may not work the way it was intended for everybody. There are individual differences that we clearly know about when we're prescribed a drug. There are always going to be a list of um, side effects. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of genetics, nutrition, environment. It may not work exactly the same way for everybody, but we at least have information that there could be side effects and we're aware of them. That's much less likely to happen when there's a parental warning or any general behavioral intervention. And this is something that our research cautions against because we don't all respond the same way. Um, Certainly, children won't respond the same way. Some children will be much more responsive to parental controls and others will see this as a challenge, especially from the age of 12, which is a time when children begin to show the greatest likelihood of risk-taking. They could see challenging parents' authority as a badge of honor. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With 0 to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. For example. Well, I mean, ultimately, that is sort of 
the kid's job, right? To define their own independence and to to push back against parental controls and things like that. That's sort of what they're supposed to be doing. Um, So for a lot of kids, this is going to be an opportunity to do just that, isn't it? It it may be. Um, Our point right now is that there just hasn't been enough research to know how children in general are going to respond. And we saw this in other research that we've done on sharing of risky photos where we were sure that just by um, nudging people to take account of other people's privacy, they would decrease the likelihood of sharing risky photos, and they didn't. In fact, we were so sure that that's what should have happened that we didn't believe our own results (laughs) and then conducted the study again and again. And finally, after multiple replications, we got the message that, it doesn't necessarily the way work the way it was intended. And in this particular case, it backfired. And there are multiple reasons for why it did backfire. And we're not saying that that's going to be true for all children yes. in the case of the Apple uh, parental controls. But it has to be acknowledged that this is a potential problem. Apple needs to be engaging with researchers and taking this much more seriously. Up to this point, the concerns about security and privacy um, through the cryptographic techniques have received uh, a violent uh, outpouring of criticism um, from different policy uh, groups. But that's almost obscured the uh, potential backfiring of the parental controls. And our concern is that we just think um, people should not just accept parental con- uh, controls as necessarily fixing the problem and doing what's intended. Um, if they were to consult with people like yourself and people who sort of study these issues and, and you know, the, the way that it can potentially backfire, what is the recommendation? I think when it comes to policing the Internet, when it comes to children or anything like that, it's almost impossible, isn't it? I suspect you're right. I'm not an expert <laughs> in policing the Internet, but um, I, I suspect that um, since it's virtually impossible to know what your child is doing all the time, that would ex- extend to what the child is doing on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> what... What can researchers do? I think at this point, all that we're suggesting is all, um, it's still a big um, deal to accomplish this, is to conduct some research. You can do focus groups. You can do um, more um, formalized experiments, which is what we've done in our work, to look to see how children respond under similar simulated conditions. And just then, if, if we find that there are subgroups of children where the parental controls are backfiring, look for cues or particular factors that might actually um, be responsible for it backfiring. For example, we've done a lot of work in sharing of photo memes, which will spread like a virus oh, yeah. and can be very embarrassing and unflattering uh, to people. And what we found was that in this case, um, we saw an enormous backfire. And then we began to drill down. And we found that different factors like a person's humor type 
would influence whether or not um, they were going to be less likely to follow the privacy um, warnings or nudges that we instituted. So um, it it can um, at least be pursued um, much more than it seems Apple is doing. Apple has said that they've been consulting with child experts, but we don't know exactly what that means. And in general, people who recommend nudges, behavioral interventions of any sort, generally assume that they're going to work. And if they don't work, that's the end of the story. But what we're showing is that they can literally backfire. And that's what you have to be aware of. Yeah, exactly. And like you say, it's it, it's so nuanced and every kid is different. It's pretty tough to come up with a blanket policy. Um, interesting discussion. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You bet. That is Bennett Burtenthal, who's a professor of psychological and brain sciences at Indiana University.